MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch audio update for Wednesday, November 12, 2008. We are three days away from the big UFC 91 Brock Lesnar versus Randy Couture card, and I am joined by a wealth of Torch contribution tonight with Jason Bent, Matt Pelkey, Sean Ennis, and making his audio debut, Alex Williams. Uh, guys, we've got a big card this weekend, obviously. Will most likely do the most pay-per-view buys in UFC history if uh, all the hype and all of the predictions are correct. Um, you know, th- this is just going to be um, an absolutely massive show. And for these undercard guys, I, I think we're going to see a lot of people stepping up their game simply because of the audience that is going to be viewing them on this night. They're going, they're having their chance to make their name on what will be. Uh, one of the biggest cards in UFC history, and one of the DVDs that will be purchased uh, by many, many, many once that comes out. So um, we'll get right into it with Dustin Hazlett and Tandon McCrory getting on this card uh, with Amir Sadala going down with a leg infection. Um, this is one of those fights that, you know, I was I was hoping that we would see uh, on this card in some fashion, and now we're getting a guarantee to see it. This is going to be. Um, Definitely similar styles fighting each other. Um, both of these guys can scrap a bit, but they're both much better when they get to the ground. Hazlitt's going to have the advantage, in my opinion, in this fight. Um, I've got him taking it a submission in round, uh, I, I think I, I predicted three. I don't remember any more of my predictions, but uh, I'm taking Hazlitt to win this fight. Alex, let's start with you with your thoughts on this fight and uh, how this one's going to end up. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get going. Though I should, I should preface my first pick with uh, letting everyone know that when it comes to prognosticating fight outcomes, uh, I'm not the best in the world. <laughs> I uh, in the Ken Shamrock chemo rematch, I took chemo, and I'm still living that one down among some of my <laughs> friends. So, uh, but yeah, in this one, I'm with you, Jay. I like Hazlitt. Um, I think in a by via first round submission, though I could see it coming later as well. Uh, you know, I'm just not really sure how I see, uh, uh, forgive me, is it pronounced Tamjin McCrory? Yep. Tamjin McCrory. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not really sure how I see him winning the fight. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's going to be a good question to see how uh, McCrory can handle just a better jujitsu fighter than him. And, and that's, right. that's what he's, that's what he's up against in this. And don't worry about your prognosticating abilities because none of us are uh, <laughs> really, really good at that at all. Um, Jason, what were your thoughts on this first fight? Uh, my prediction for this one is Hazlitt by submission in the third round. I, I think Hazlitt is going to have a pretty fairly easy time with McCrory, but I think McCrory's strength is going to allow him to stay in the fight for longer than he really should be able of, of you know, being competitive in there against Hazlitt. 
I think Dustin Hazlett is way too skilled and is going to prove to be too much. Uh, McCrory is going to be strong enough and aggressive enough, I think, to take it into the third round. But I think he's going to make one mistake too many. And against a fighter like Hazlett, you cannot afford to make even one minor mistake. And especially a fighter of McCrory's caliber, he can't afford to make any mistakes at all. So I, I look for it to be over in the third round by way of submission, Dustin Hazlett. And I think this should be a fairly entertaining fight. I mean, both of these guys are high-energy, high-motor guys. Uh, but I think Hazlett takes this one going away by submission. And uh, I'm looking back at the predictions that I actually wrote down last night. And I did have uh, McCrory lasting the third, but falling to a submission there early in that round. Uh, Sean, where are you at on this opening bout? Yeah, I'm going to round out the uh, the number of rounds by saying Hazlett in the second. Um, I think <laughs> is, uh, as Jason said, I think he's scrappy enough to last a, a round with, uh, with Hazlett. But um, Hazlett is better at all facets of the game um, than McCrory is. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll last in the second, and then Hayes will catch him. You know, he he lasted in the second against Akihiro Gono. Um, I think that'll happen against Hazlitt as well. Uh, Hazlitt is is a guy to watch for sure. I, I was actually kind of excited when uh, the Sadala and Katone bout got pulled so that we could see this fight because this is going to be a heck of a fight. Yeah, I, I you know Hazlitt hasn't gotten his day on the uh, main card of any show. He hasn't gotten on uh, to the to the big pay per view cards yet. And it's surprising with how good this young kid is. Despite his two losses in the UFC, he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on this uh, most likely opening fight? Well, uh, why why mess with a good thing? I will take Hazlett in uh, round three by submission. <laughs> um, I, I think these are these are two up and coming fighters in the the welterweight division. I just think. Hazlitt is is one step farther along in the progression. You know, he's he's 22 years old and already has his his uh, black belt in jujitsu. And you know that that armbar on Josh Berkman is, is about as sweet as you you can get on the ground. So um, I think it'll be a fun scrap. I uh, barring you know a big shot landing for one of the two, I see it going pretty deep. And I just I just think Hazlitt's a little bit better everywhere, just like Sean said. So third round submission for Hazlitt. Well, and McCrory showed against Luke uh, Kumo, too, at UFC 87 that he's not uh, afraid to sit and stand a little bit as well. I mean, uh, Kumo's not a big uh, stand-up guy either. That was more a ground fight as well. But he showed enough that I think he can survive into the third against Hazlitt. But, you know, Sean, as as you picked, and uh, Alex as well, an early round submission would not surprise me at all in this fight. Um but next up, we get another amazing jiu-jitsu fighter in Demian Maya taking on Nate Quarry, who is going to want to do everything he possibly can to stay on his feet for this entire fight, because if he gets to the ground, um, the fight's over. Plain and simple, he's not going to last uh, against Demian Maya. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a late second-round submission for, for Maya, because I don't think Quarry is going to be able to avoid going to the ground for the entire fight. Um, Sean, your thoughts on, on, on this semi-clash of styles? Yeah, I've got to go in exactly the same way. I think uh, Corey is, is strong enough that he'll be able to avoid the takedown for uh, about a round and a half or so. Uh, but once Maya gets it to the ground, it's not going to last very long. Maya, by his own admission, does not even like striking. Um, so I don't expect to see much out of him as far as, you know, even setting up takedowns. He'll probably just go for 
his, uh, his nice quick body locks as he did um, in his last fight. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just not going to be... I don't think it's going to be much of a fight to watch until it gets to the floor. Um, once it does, Maya is pretty masterful on the ground. So, uh, Maya by submission second. Jason, over to you on this one. I love Nate Quarry. I mean, his comeback from the surgery is a great story, but I just do not see any way that he's going to be able to pull this one off. And I've got Maya winning by rear naked choke. And I'm even going with a time one on this one as a three-minute mark of round two. And I'm going to check this one out, see how close I can come. But Maya is just too good. To, to be reckoned with by Nate Quarry. And as, as much as I love Quarry and he's got the heart of 10 men and he just doesn't quit, you've got Demi and Maya who has won all three of his UFC bouts and he's taken the submission of the night for each one. And he very well could make this one a fourth because he's just going to be too much and I think he's going to put on a clinic. Quarry's heart, I think, takes him past the first round. But I'm going with that three-minute mark of round two, and I think at that point Maya's going to pull it off and uh, finish the night out for uh, Nate Quarry and get the victory and move to 10-0. and 0. Uh, Matt, uh, we'll get your thoughts on this one now. Uh, I really like this matchup, and not, not even necessarily because of the style contrast. I think you've got two guys who are kind of the, the top of the second tier at 185. They're not quite in the same class as the Anderson Silva and, you know, Rich Franklin, Dan Henderson, Nate Marquardt group, but um, they're the next level, and I think the winner of this fight gets to step up and fight somebody in that upper-level group and, and really start working towards the title shot. Um, as far as the fight itself, uh, I like Corey here. Um, I think he's going to be able to avoid the, the takedowns. He's going to pepper him with strikes uh, throughout the whole fight, and by the time Third round gets around. Uh, Maya's going to be too tired to take him down. I think uh, Corey wins the decision. That's an interesting take. Interesting take. And, uh, uh, Jason, you're going to have to concede to Matt on that if if Corey takes it into the third round and gets past your three-minute mark in the second. Uh, Alex, we'll round out the thoughts on this one with yours. Uh, You know, there's actually two people so far that I've very much agreed with, though for different reasons. Uh, I agreed. I remember reading Sean's column online. And he talked about that he thinks Maya is going to grab onto Corey, uh, just try to drag him to the ground, and it's going to look pretty ugly. And I agree with that. I just have this image in my head, Maya kind of pressing Corey up against the fence. Corey, you know, maybe throwing a few strikes from there, but a lot of booing and not a lot of action. Maya really having a lot of trouble. Where I differ with Sean, and I agree with Matt, is that I think that Corey will be able to keep it standing for most of the bout. Uh, I think if Maya gets him down, he won't be able to. Uh, submit him. Maybe I'm going to fall flat on my face here, but I also go with Corey winning by a decision. Well, you you did pick chemo, so we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Maya's going to go out now and knock him out with a knee in about one minute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of what I think will be a knockout, at least it should be, Gabriel Gonzaga is being given a showcase fight against Josh Hendricks in the heavyweight division. Um of course, uh, Matt, Jason, Sean, as we all found out with our thoughts on Fabricio Verdum and uh, Junior Dos Santos, a showcase fight isn't always what it's up to. <laughs> uh, what it's up to there, and uh, but I don't think that Hendricks is anywhere near the fighter that Junior Dos Santos is. Um, Gonzaga, especially being on this card, I'm I would hope will have more motivation to. Um, 
get his name back up to the top of this heavyweight division with it being as thin as it is. Um, and, and I honestly think this one's just going to be TKO dominating victory for Gonzaga in the first uh, and a showcase bout to free up some, ti- some time for one of the undercard fights to make it to the pay-per-view. Uh, Matt, do you see this going any other way? Uh, kind of. I'm not. I'm not going to go out in a limb and uh, be crazy and, and pick an upset here. But uh, if if everybody wants to see how I think this fight's going to go, go back and watch the uh, Gabriel Gonzaga Kevin Jordan fight. Uh, and then fast <laughs> forward, fast forward through the that. first two rounds because you don't want blood to come out of your ears from what you just watched. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is going to be you know Gonzaga. He doesn't rise to the occasion. I think he's he's proven that by now. You know. He had a title shot, and he got dismantled by Randy Couture, and he had a, another shot to stay up in the title picture against Verdum, and he gassed in the second round. Um, I don't think he's going to gas here, and I don't think Hendricks has anything that's going to scare him or hurt him, but I think it's going to be a lackluster first two rounds before he you know, comes out with some big highlight Superman punch and uh, puts him down, and that's what we're all going to remember. So third round, KO by Gonzaga. Alex, do you see yourself agreeing with Matt again on this one? Uh, well, I, I do think uh, that I, I think Gonzaga will win by knockout. I see it coming a little earlier. I, I, th- I think the Kevin Jordan fight, I see this as being a little different. First of all, because from what I recall, Gonzaga may have been going through some real personal problems going into that fight. Um, I don't recall the exact details, but uh, supposedly it really had affected him. And you, know, you hear that a lot, so you don't know, but I, I think this one will be different. I see Gonzaga coming out and getting a knockout in the first round. I mean, Hendricks... Uh, he has he has an accomplished wrestling background. Uh, apparently, he was a, a two-time All-American at Division Two level, you know, NCAA wrestling. But I, I think he's in over his head here, and I say I see Gonzaga winning by first-round knockout. Jason, where are you standing on Gabriel Gonzaga in this fight? I've got Gabriel Gonzaga by triangle choke in the first round. And like I said, I could find very little footage on Hendricks whatsoever. Uh, the thing I watched was a something from Caged Vengeance against a really fat tomato can named Rick McChristian. But uh, Hendricks is definitely the, the wrestler who, who wants to take him down and just pound away. And I think Gonzaga is going to be more than willing to let this thing go to the ground. And that is why I think he'll be able to sink that one in and choke him out probably around the middle of the first round. Hendricks is definitely coming into this fight as cannon fodder. And Gonzaga is going to have to have a picture of Fabrizio Verdum in his locker room from post-fight after getting knocked out by Dos Santos because he's going to have to look at that and realize that he cannot afford such a thing to happen. And he's going to come into this fight looking to make the statement that Verdum should have made, but I think Gabriel actually comes through and I think takes care of Hendricks very easily. I could be shocked. I mean, Hendricks might come in and just bust this thing wide open, but I see no way that this will happen. Gonzaga, triangle choke, first round. Gonzaga should have a picture of Verdum walking out the door uh, as he is walking out of the company with uh, with that in mind, if, if, if he's going to come into this anything less than fully motivated. Uh, Sean, your thoughts on Gonzaga here? Okay, I like the specific reasoning there by Jason with the triangle choke. I, I think that's sound reasoning. However, I do also have uh, Gonzaga by knockout in the first round. And uh, like you said, Jamie, I mean, he uh, all he's got to do is remember that the guy that beat him last, Fabricio Verdum, is now out of the UFC because he botched a showcase fight. 
and uh, Gonzaga is in pretty much the exact same position that Verdum was at the last UFC. If he, if he loses this fight in, in uh, highlight real fashion without putting on much of an effort, uh, he may be finished, and, and you'll, you won't find a bigger Gonzaga fan than myself. Uh, I'm very high on Gonzaga. I think he's got tons and tons of potential. He's just so powerful and, uh, and got, has very good jiu-jitsu. Uh, um, I think he's got uh, you know enough skills to get uh, an upper echelon heavyweight for a long time. Um, but you know I don't fault anybody for looking bad against Randy Couture, uh, you know, and, and gassing out in, in one fight. So um, if, he can, if he can make a make quick work of Josh Hendricks here, um, I think we may see him in a big fight sooner rather than later, and hopefully he'll step up to the occasion on the next one. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that brings us to our semi-main event, which. Well, I think this is going to be a very, very good fight. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still on the fence of not liking the fact that this fight has to take place in the first place with uh, GSP and BJ Penn holding up both the welterweight and lightweight divisions for their January 31st bout. Um, Kenny Florian deserved to get his title shot after beating Roger Huerta, plain and simple. Um, and now he's got a face the guy that, that BJ beat in January or February, whatever it was. And this is going to be a good fight. Uh, these, these two are both willing to stand up and uh, provide a lot of exciting action in this fight. Both have uh, good ground games. Um, I, I think Florian is going to step up to the plate and uh, seize his opportunity to clinch his title shot and hold on to that. Uh, I think he's going to pick up a late second round TKO in this fight. Uh, he, I could be proven wrong in that. Stevenson has a lot of guts and uh, is a very experienced, very talented fighter in his own right. Uh, I think Florian's been on a, a whole nother level after losing to Sean Shirk a couple of years ago. Uh, he's just been on an absolute tear. He picked apart Roger Huerta through three rounds for that decision victory. Uh, I think he's going to come out even more motivated in this fight to get that title shot with BJ Penn. Um, Jason, how do you see this one going? I've got this one. I've got Florian by decision. I think this is going to be a very hard-fought battle, and I do believe it's going to be a great fight, but I think it's going to be one of those fights where we don't realize how good it actually was until sometime after the fact and perhaps maybe when the DVD comes out because we're definitely going to be looking at our watches and salivating and waiting for the main event. But I think this is a very good fight, and for all intent and purposes, it's for the interim lightweight title, you know, with the belt being held up. I do believe the fight hinges on Florian's ability to stuff the takedowns, keep the fight standing, and, you know, attempt to cut Joe Daddy up. I think Florian has the ability to do so, but Stevenson's definitely a live dog if there ever was one. Uh, you know, in fact, if I were a betting man and wanted to put some money on this, I probably might even go as far as putting the money on Stevenson because you, you can't count the guy out. But I look for Florian to win this one by decision and do just enough to keep Joe at bay in a very, very hard-fought battle that you know probably will even be a split decision. But I've got Florian coming away from this one, and he definitely is in the driver's seat and should be next in line for the title shot if and when it actually does happen since the belt is going to be held up for a little while. Well, and that's a fair point on uh, the winner of this kind of should be considered the interim champ. Although I would say that uh, I would argue that Joe Stevenson still, even if he beats Florian is probably a fight away from a title shot 
probably with Sean Shirk. Uh, the two of them were the last two to get beat by the champ right now. And if Stevenson were to win this with the way that Sean Shirk beat Tyson Griffin at UFC 90, um, those two should have to fa- face up off against each other to get that next shot against BJ. But uh, Sean, where are you at on this fight? Yeah, I've got Florian. Um, I just don't see uh, any any advantage that Stevenson has for Florian. I think striking Florian is better. Jiu-Jitsu Florian is better, although Stevenson is very good at jiu-jitsu. Um, wrestling Steven, Stevenson probably has the advantage, but um, I think Florian will be able to counter that pretty well like he did against Roger Huerta. Uh, and I've got Florian by late TKO uh, in round three. I think, uh, you know, Stevenson's got a granite chin, um, but I think Florian is just going to it's going to be one of those things where he doesn't actually knock him out, but he's just going to be overwhelming with ground and pound in the third round uh, once he gets the, gets the fight to where he wants it. And um, it's going to be a heck of a fight. I mean, it's like Jason said, uh, if there ever was a live dog, it's Joe Stevenson. Because that guy never gives up. Um, you know, his heart was questioned when he was on the Ultimate Fighter and, and right after he won it in the welterweight division. But since he's been in the lightweight, um, He's been a he's been a house of fire. So, um, very uh, very good fight, very nice matchup. Um, but as you guys said, it's unfortunate that uh, Florian wouldn't get the immediate title shot at BJ Penn. And I gotta agree with you, Jamie, on um, on the Stevenson front. Even if he does win, he's gonna need another another win or maybe two uh, to get a shot at the title. If BJ Penn is still the champion, because of the uh, decisive nature in which he was defeated by Penn um, just back in January of this year. So that's my take. Matt, you got any uh, differing opinion on this Florian-Stevenson bout? Not really. Uh, I, I agree with Sean. I, I I like Joe Stevenson. I think he's a, a very good. I mean, he's. I think he's an A-level 155er. But this this sport is all about matchups, and this is a bad matchup for him. Um, obviously, conventional thinking is he wants to get this fight to the ground. But if he gets the fight to the ground, then he's you know, susceptible to Kenny Florian's jiu-jitsu black belt and his razor-sharp elbows from in close. Um, he's also in danger of getting swept and then uh, being, you know, falling prey to, to Kenny Florian's phenomenal top game. Kenny Florian is very good controlling from the top, raining down strikes, um, and he's a very, very smart fighter. So if Joe Stevenson's best chance to win this fight is on the feet, which I think is where it is, that's not a good recipe. Um, we saw Kenny Florian uh, work his game plan beautifully against Roger Huerta, and I think it's going to go the same way here. Um, Stevenson might get a, a takedown or two and spend some time on the ground, but he's going to take some punishment while he's down there too, and he's going to be in constant danger. And I think eventually uh, Florian will get back up to his feet and pepper him with shots for three rounds and win, win a pretty comfortable decision. Alex, tell us we're all wrong. <laughs> well, I, I think Stevenson has a chance, and I think it will come if he can get Florian down and land elbows. I think elbows from inside Florian's guard, if he can cut Florian up that way, similar to I recall him doing a few years ago against Eve Edwards, I think that could be his chance. That said, I think Florian takes it. I, I see Florian using his Muay Thai a lot, as others have said, uh, hurting Stevenson with elbows, with, with tie kicks. Uh, I see on the ground... If Stevenson does get Florian down, I don't see the elbows coming into play as much. I see the two jujitsu nullifying each other more. Uh, I think, fortunately for Stevenson, I think it will be a memorable fight. Unfortunately, I think it will be memorable because of the heart he shows in lasting the distance. Uh, 
getting battered or potentially bloody. By I see Florian, though, winning a decision in a fight that it's one of those fights afterwards where everyone says it's a great fight, and it was, but at the same time, the winner was clear at the end. Yeah, that I, I think we're we're all in pretty much agreement on, on the way this fight will most likely play out. And, um, you know, guys, that brings us to just the absolute biggest fight in terms of hype, in terms of excitement, in terms of anticipation, in terms of every aspect in the history of the UFC to date. Plain and simple, nothing has topped the anticipation on this Brock Lesnar-Randy Couture fight. There have been some massive fights in UFC history. There have been some massive matchups. There have been some bitter rivalries. I just I don't think anything has come close to what we've seen with this absolutely polarizing up-and-comer in Brock Lesnar and the much-beloved, totally respected uh, champion Randy Couture. I mean, you've got so many different storylines coming into play in this with um, the old guard against the young lion and just everything coming into this with the fact that you cannot count Randy Couture out of any fight ever. It doesn't matter that he's been overpowered in the past by bigger guys. He's, he, he dominated Tim Sylvia through five rounds to a, a decision victory to win back the title after being retired for over a year and moving up a weight. I mean, this, this doesn't happen for 43-year-old guys, but it happens for Randy Couture. And at the same time, you look at the fact that Brock Lesnar is inexperienced and all of the arguments against him being in this fight in the first place. And the plain and simple fact is, yeah, he was a pro wrestler entertainer for what, three and a half years out of his life. He was an amateur wrestler and NCAA champion before that. And I guarantee you he would have been a star in the UFC if it would have been there for him to get into right out of college. This fight probably would have happened a few years ago. It wouldn't have been anywhere near this level. So people complaining about the fact that Brock Lesnar is a pro wrestler and he's making a mockery of this sport just need to shut the hell up because Brock Lesnar is going to bring more eyes to this sport than anyone has to date, plain and simple. And he's going to provide us with some of the most exciting fights in the heavyweight division that we will ever see simply because he is the fastest 275 pound guy that anyone has ever seen. He's one of the strongest, craziest uh, fighters that anyone will ever see. And despite anything that's been said about him, he has a real chance to dominate Randy Couture in this fight. He could, it doesn't matter if he loses this fight or if he wins this fight, Brock Lesnar is going to have a successful career in MMA. That has been made clear by the, his decimation of uh, Heath Herring and the minute and a half absolute abuse that he showed towards Frank Mir before he was submitted and caught because he was a rookie, because he was inexperienced. And he's shown an absolute insane aptitude for this sport. And just the improvement on from the Mir fight to the Herring fight was ridiculous for the six-month layover that he had between fights. You don't see guys improving that much in different aspects of their game from one fight to the next this early in their career. And Brock Lesnar just, he's got it in every aspect of whatever it is. 
He's got it. I honestly don't see a way Couture can win this fight. I've gone back. I went back and forth with it for so long uh, because I don't want to say there's no way he can win it because there's always a way that Couture can win a fight. But I honestly think Brock Lesnar, if if he can take a punch, it's going to be all contingent on that. If he can take a punch and withstand the onslaught that Randy Couture will bring in the first couple of rounds with stand-up, then Brock Lesnar will wear Couture down, he will dominate him on the ground, and he will pick up a TKO victory in the fourth round. Uh, Alex, where are you at on this one? Well, you know, it was kind of like what I wrote about in my column. I actually, I don't see Couture as much uh, attempting to use a stand-up, at least in the first couple of rounds. I'd be surprised if he came out and tried to, to box at a distance with Lesnar or anything like that. I think that both men will attempt uh, to get a takedown early on. Uh, it's possible Couture, uh, with Couture, there's a little more chance he might try to do some dirty boxing inside the clinch. But I think the problem is, in Couture's head, he'll think, oh, if I don't get Lesnar down, I'm leaving myself susceptible to a takedown. So I think both men will try to get the other down. I think if Couture gets Lesnar down early in the first round, that that is bodes poorly for Brock Lesnar. Uh, I don't think he'll be necessarily prepared. Um, I, well, I, it, you know, it's hard to say. In the gym, somebody can train something, but that's nothing like doing it in a real fight. Uh, I think that Lesnar will not be able to handle Couture taking him down and being on top of him and pounding him. If Couture gets him down in that first round, that's bad news for Lesnar. I think, though, on the other hand, if Lesnar gets Couture down, there are many question marks still about what happens from there. Absolutely, I can imagine a scenario where Lesnar gets Couture down, so it's pounding on him. Same thing happens the second round. Same thing happens by the third round. About the third round, it's over. I've noticed quite a few people seem to be going with the idea about the third round, but that, something about that just feels like if Lesnar's controlled the fight up to that point, is you know doing ground and pound, he'll be able to win by then. I can definitely see that. But I think, though, there, there's just too many question marks about Lesnar at this point. Can he handle going late with somebody like Couture? Uh, can he, if Couture is fighting back against him, how will he react to that? I think at this point I'm going to go with Couture. I see Couture uh, eventually winning a decision with Lesnar being not finished but lumped up at the end. Again, I think mostly in the first two rounds, I don't see either attempting the sprawl and brawl. I think if we do see any striking, it will come late. Uh, either if I really think it will become if Couture has decided that he if Lesnar's tired and he tries to land some punches standing or do some dirty boxing. But my pick, though, is going to be Couture via decision, though I am conflicted on I absolutely can imagine Lesnar winning. And those are some very fair points on uh, Couture and his wrestling and what he might be able to do to Brock. I just, I honestly believe even if Couture takes him down, with Brock coming into this fight with about 50 pounds on Couture and him being as skilled and as high class of a wrestler as he is, I don't think, even if he gets onto his back, that he's going to be there for long. I just honestly don't think Couture is going to be able to keep him down if he gets him there. Um, Matt, where were you at on this one? Um, I, I think if, if Couture can get him down, he can, he can keep him down. I don't think he can get him down. Um, I see, you know, we all seem to be thinking, well, you know, Randy's going to come out with his game plan and he's going to try and keep it on his feet. He's going to try and get him in the clinch and dirty box with him. And I just don't think Brock is going to let him do that. Brock is a smart fighter. Um, I think we figure that out from, from fight one to fight two. You know, 
when he realized against Heath Herring, hey, I'm going to get this guy down, use my wrestling, and put him in the turtle position and just pound on him for three rounds. Um, he, he brutalized him with knees to the body. I see him using that against Couture uh, in this fight as well. Um, I just, Couture's, we all want to believe in him, and I, and I know I know Sean's going to pick him, um, <laughs> and he doesn't know how this fight's going to go either. But I just see every every scenario I lay out in my head, I have to keep telling myself Brock still has the advantage there. Um, the only thing he doesn't have the advantage in is the experience, but he's not – He's not 20. You know, this guys he's 31 years old. He's been competing his entire life. He knows what he's going to be doing in there. Um, he's he's going to take him down. He's going to pound on him. And if it, if it stands up and he lands that punch that he landed against Heath Herring that made him do a backflip, Couture's not going to, not going to get back up from that. Uh, Couture does not have the greatest chin. He doesn't have a weak chin, but he doesn't have a great chin. And uh, if, if that's where it comes down to, Lesnar, I, I think, can take a punch. Um, with a head that big, I don't see how you can't take a punch. Um, so I, I think if it if it stands up, Brock's uh, eventually going to catch him and, and probably, you know, put him down and jump on him and pounce on him and and wear him down. And third round TKO Brock Lesnar. Jason, uh, we've we've been going back and forth on this, and I know you've been mulling it over, and you came to your final predictions as well. Where are you at with Brock Lesnar and Randy Couture coming in three days out? The thing with Brock Lesnar is, especially going from fight one to fight two, he doesn't just beat you up, he emasculates you. And, I mean, a rumor is Heath Herring now sits to pee ever since that fight. I mean, Brock just completely destroyed him, and I think he's going to come into this fight with the same, uh, the same modus operandi. Uh, I, think, I see Lesnar winning by the middle of the third round, by way of TKO, and I just feel cumulative damage is going to be too much. And on Couture's part, I look for his corner to maybe even stop this one. I think Lesnar's going to be too much, too strong, and he is too smart of a fighter. He's not going to make the stupid mistake. He's not going to make the rookie mistake again. Uh, Couture is always going to know what to do, but it is just a simple fact that his reaction time may have slowed just a little bit. And that little bit is going to benefit a fighter who is so fast and smooth as Brock Lesnar is. I mean, near the end of Michael Jordan's career, he could no longer take off from the foul line. And I think Couture is going to have to have that moment where there just are things he cannot do. And I think a prime Couture could give Lesnar a lot of trouble and possibly come away with a victory. But I do not see this happening on Saturday night. And I think the first round, uh, the only thing that's going to keep Randy in this fight is going to be his heart and his will. And I think he's going to remain in this fight just like Ken Shamrock did against Tito Ortiz at Vendetta. I think his Mm -hmm. face is going to look like hamburger, and Brock Lesnar is going to be the, the winner of this fight and the new face of MMA to the point that I think we've got our next, uh, you've got a Tyson. You've got MMA's Tyson. And what I mean by that is in the future, people could possibly say, are you going to get the Lesnar fight, just like they used to in regards to Tyson? It's not going to be so much as the UFC pay-per-view. It's going to be, yo, you guys getting the Lesnar fight? I think Brock Lesnar is going to become that guy, that fighter, and MMA really needs this. A lot of the hate he's getting is because of people that are just so afraid that this sport, which has been so near and dear to their heart, 
is going to get ripped away and become a bastardized thing by the mass media, and everybody is going to grab a piece of it. But if you love this sport and you want it to prosper, you really can't be angry if Brock Lesnar comes away with the win because I believe he's going to transcend MMA, and he's going to do everything that everybody wished Kimbo Slice could have been capable of doing. Lesnar is the beast who can actually back it up and do even more. He's in his prime. I believe he is the future of the heavyweight division. It's Lesnar by third-round TKO, or Randy's corner is just going to wave this one off. <laughs> Jason, you know, I'm with you with your thoughts on Lesnar and his future in, in both MMA and the UFC especially. And uh, now brings us to our last prediction. Sean, I saved you for last because I know you've got a different take from the rest of us on this one. Um, have you been able to flush it out uh, anymore and, and have an idea exactly how Randy's going to pull this one off yet? Well, I've got to tell you, um, I, I agree with almost everything you guys have said. I think uh, Brock has got a tremendous future in MMA. Um, however, I think that the deciding factor when it comes down to this, and first of all, before I say that, the fact that everyone is picking Lesnar or that you know the majority of people are picking Lesnar, me and Alex are with Randy. This makes me more confident that Couture is going to win. Because it was with the Sylvia fight. Now, when I picked Couture then, was that everyone was saying he can't overcome Sylvia's size. And granted, Lesnar is a much different beast than, than Tim Sylvia. Um, and I think Lesnar would probably beat Tim Sylvia. However, um, I, think, I think this fight comes down to experience. Uh, you know, Randy Couture has been in so many title fights, has gone the distance with so many guys. Um, and I think he's going to know what to do and when to do it. I think Brock Lesnar, um, while he is a smart fighter, I think Couture is going to know his game plan better than Lesnar is going to know Couture's game plan. Now, it's altogether possible that Lesnar is going gonna, is gonna to hurt him early in the fight and, and Couture won't be able to recover. That's, I think that's a question mark with Couture is recovery. Um, you know, one of you guys said, I think it was either Jason or Matt, that, um, that his chin is not necessarily suspect. But, you know, he can be hurt, which, you know, is very true. And Lesnar does hit hard. But uh, I think that Couture, you know, if, if, he, can, if he can not get caught, and, and that's, again, that's got a lot to do with experience, um, Lesnar's still very green. You know, he's a, he's a 3-1 guy. Um, not 3-1 like Kimbo Slice, but 3-1 like, you know, very few fighters are. Um, but he's still green. and he's still, he's still not quite a veteran yet. And I think Randy Couture is going to be able to exploit that over a five-round fight. And I think he's eventually going to get in a position where he can inflict enough punishment um, in the fifth round that he's going to stop him by TKO. Now, like I said, um, Couture is going to lose at some point. Um, I just don't think it's here. I don't think it's now. I think he's got. I think he takes this one, and I think he takes it against Noguera. Uh, after Noguera absolutely destroys Frank Mir. Uh, let me just throw that out there. But uh, I think... Uh, I, I think Couture takes this one, um, and uh, and but but I think this is also the fight that shapes Brock Lesnar into the monster that he's going to become. Because I tell you what, when he gets when he gets his game completely together, no one's beating him. I mean, he's going to be around. He's going to be around for a long time, and uh, and nobody's going to be taking him out anytime soon. And and, and Sean, you know, we're, we're we've all picked Brock for this fight. But we all have in the back of our minds that Randy Couture could win this one. 
That's not, it, it will not at all be surprising. But then you look at Brock Lesnar matched up against any other heavyweight in the UFC right now, we would not be having that question. I mean, really, it's only Randy Couture that we would think has a chance against this monster right now. And, and that's, that's something that goes beyond uh, Randy Couture as a fighter. It's, it's the respect factor that we have all developed for him over the years that he's the only one right now that we think even has a shot at beating Lesnar. And it's only his fourth fight coming in this weekend, and that's scary. That's scary, but what, what I'm really looking forward to is if Brock Lesnar picks up this win and Affliction somehow goes down next year, and Fedor opens up, Brock Lesnar against Fedor Emelianenko will, I guarantee it, be a much, much bigger fight than Randy Couture against Fedor. And I I just, if Brock beats Randy right now, that will only be exponentially higher if if and when those two fight down the road. So, uh, Guys, I'll get your final thoughts coming into this weekend. Uh, we're only three three days out. Uh, can't wait until Saturday night. But uh, any final thoughts on this weekend? And uh, what are you looking forward to in December with uh, the Fight Night 16 and uh, UFC 92 coming up, which is also going to be another massive, massive card? Uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I, I'm so excited for this card. I can hardly stand it. I mean, you've got just just the Couture Lesnar fight is is so uh, transcendent and enormous. Um, uh, it, it's it's just going to be something special. And then you've got Stevenson Florian on top of that, which could be the co-main event or the main event of it could be the main event of any free main, uh, free TV um, event, uh, and it could really push for a main event of like a European card or something like that. You know, it's the close to a main event you're going to get without having a title. Um, and then you've got the Hazlitt McCrory fight, which I think is going to steal the show um, away from everything but go toward Lesnar. Uh, and you know, it's it, it's like you guys said, it's the only reason we're, we're even having any kind of any kind of debate here is because it's Randy Couture. You know, uh, it's not even because we think he's got this over Lesnar or that over Lesnar. It's just because he's Randy Couture, and that's what makes this fight special. It's because Randy Couture transcends the sport, and he's a guy that you want to root for, and he's a guy that you. You think in the back of your mind could pull it out, but you just don't know how. And uh, I mean, that's what makes—that's what's going to make this event so awesome—is uh, is seeing how that fight plays out. Because I think the only way that someone's going to be surprised is if it ends in the first round. Um, because really, I, I mean, I, I think these guys are just going to be—the game planning is just going to be so fascinating to watch. And as far as um, UFC 92 goes, I mean, that's that's just going to be a ridiculous part. I. Um, I already made my, my quick prediction that um, Frank Mir is going to get uh, dismantled, but um, that's as far as I'll take it for now. But it's going to be a heck of a card. Uh, Force Griffin and Rashad Evans is going to be a great fight, too. Um, and, of course, you know, Jackson Silva, my gosh, it's going to be a heck of a card. Anyway, I'll leave it to the next guy now. Matt, your final thoughts uh, heading into this weekend? Uh, I, I really love how this card is set up. Um, you've got, you know, the absolute biggest main event that you could possibly come up with right now. Then you have a semi-main event, which is a fantastic number two fight, but won't overshadow, you know, the main event, obviously. And then you've got, you know, some, some good, intriguing scraps uh, on the undercard. Um, as far as looking ahead, uh, it, it's 
only, you know, going to stay just as good as we go. Um, I'd like to go on record with Sean and say uh, Noguera is going to destroy Frank Mir. Um, Mir just keeps getting uh, douchier by the second on the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him, him get beaten. And I and I didn't even want to say that before that show started, and he's just done it to himself. So, um, then after that, you know, a couple more months, we've got GSP, BJ Penn. So that should be a, a nice capper for a few months of MMA. Yeah, on your Frank Mir uh, thing, I'm not uh, seeing his view. Or, I mean, I'm I, I I'm not seeing his expertise on uh, on talent searching when he said Dave Kaplan was the best lightweight that they had there because uh, Kaplan got picked apart by Philippe Nover, and I think Junior Browning's probably a better lightweight as well. So um, we'll see how that pans out, of course, but that uh, prediction or uh, assessment kind of took me as a bit suspect myself. But, Jason, your final thoughts heading into the weekend? I mean, right now is a special time, and just looking forward to the fight is extremely enjoyable. Uh, arguably, this, this could just be a one-fight pay-per-view, and I don't think anybody would complain about paying for it, but we really do have a very solid undercard, and even the non-televised fights look to be pretty good. So, I mean, this is definitely going to be a DVD to pick up. Uh, Florian Stevenson is a great fight. I don't think we're going to realize how good of a fight that is until after the fact and the whole Couture-Lesnar thing cools down a little bit. But this is just an amazing time, and the days leading up to it are just as exciting as the day of the fights themselves are going to be. Uh, As far as looking forward to UFC 92, anybody that's ever bitched about a pay-per-view card that has had no fights other than the main event you can't bitch anymore. This has too many fights. I think actually the, the hardcores are going to complain this is too many fights, you know, as if they would want to pay for each one individually. But that is a beyond stacked card. Uh, Griffin Evans is great. Nogueira Mir, Jackson Silva. I, I got to agree with Mir and his uh, douchiness level. The, the television show has definitely done wonders as far as maybe showcasing his inner doucheness or possibly made him more of a douche, but I do look forward <laughs> to seeing him getting dismantled, and I imagine he's going to be back to ride this motorcycle over to the Spearmint Rhino and picking up some extra hours and doing security because I do not see him hanging with Noguera, and it just floors me how confident and just cocky he is in regards to this fight. I don't see him lasting. That's going to be an amazing pay-per-view card, but right now what we have in front of us is just it's powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. Lesnar Couture, it's going to be where were you on the 15th because this is everything. Tell a friend, tell 50 more people, and have them all gather around the tube because this is definitely the, the beginning of the next generation of MMA and UFC finally moving up to you know standing shoulder to shoulder with the NBA, NFL, MLB. This is going to be the start of that. This is an amazing time, and it's going to be a great weekend. Alex, this is your audio debut. We're going to give you the last thoughts heading into the weekend here. Well, thank you, Jamie. Okay, I have uh, three final thoughts. Uh, one, I'm still going with Couture to win by decision, but but that rumor, though, about Herring having to piss sitting down, I had not heard that before. That That's one of the scariest things I've ever heard. So that that makes me question it a little bit, but I'm still going to stick with Couture, but that's, that's scary. Uh, two, I, I couldn't let this audio end without saying something about this. I, I have to disagree 
with Sean and Jamie about that we wouldn't be having this conversation with any other heavyweight in the UFC except Vitor. I would, if Minotaro and Lesnar were fighting, I would now, I would instill Minotaro as a betting favorite, and I would go with him to beat Lesnar at this point. Uh, but I, I think we may get to see, if Lesnar wins, I think we may get to see that fight and find out whether I'm completely you know, out there or not. Because I also am going to go with Minotaro to beat Mir, even, even though Mir is apparently 200 times the athlete of Minotaro. Yeah, maybe 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 I'm just not a big enough stud to see this, but I, I think Minotaro will, will beat Frank Mir pretty handily. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining me again on this preview edition of the Torch Audio Update. Uh, I hope to hear from you again on, on Sunday for our uh, staff roundtable, and we can all find out if we uh, uh, pulled a chemo as uh, Alex <laughs> turned us on to uh, for this weekend. But thanks again, guys. It was good talking to you, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Yeah, take care, Jim. Have a pleasure.